my guest this week, in his words, contains multitudes. He's a comedian, an actor, a podcaster. And geez, when I say podcaster, he's in the lore of the massive podcast Comedy Bang Bang. He has his own show called High and Mighty or Action Boys, if you're in that one too. He's an improv god, and he's recently become a style god. He's everyone's favorite person from Long Island. It's John Gabris. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo. My guest this week is actor and comedian John Gabris. John and I talk about finding your style, Long Island punk, what's on his pog slammer, Noah clothing, and what movie he'll watch anytime it's on. Let's go. First off, I really like the fact that your uh, your name in Zoom has your pronunciation on there, like a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Do people it's, get your last name wrong? It's just sometimes I'm guesting on podcasts where people are just emailing me. You know what I mean? So I want to make sure that they say Gabris instead of Gabris, which is a completely understandable gaffe. Uh, but yeah, I did it. And it's I also have friends whose last names I'm not positive about because I'm like in the moment, like about to say like and I saw so I, I want to take that pressure off from other people. You know, not all of us can have like Kirkland <laughs> as our name. Like, <laughs> yeah, two I, very easy words paired together. Well, I was going to say, I mean, this this would be the time to flex when people are like, uh, yeah, we're here with Mr. Gabris. And it's like this user has signed off. It's like you, <laughs> you are <laughs> you have been you're like part of the podcast lore. Yeah, it's also okay to ask me, and how do I say your last name again? Like, right before we go on, like, I will not be offended. I'm constantly asking people, I'm like, it's Reese or Rice? And they're like, you've known me for 10 years. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it all depends. You know, some some people whose first name is interesting enough, like my friend Mono, you never have to say his last name because it's not like, oh, which Mono are you talking about? And then every once in a while, you're like, oh, um. And you have to say Mono's last name. And you're like, Agapian, Agapian, Agopian. Oh, no, I fucked up. And you're like, I've known you for 10 years. I shouldn't be fucking that up. <laughs> but your your last name is short enough that you are probably known as John Gabris versus John or Gabris, right? I feel, I feel yeah. like John fucked me up in junior high because in the early 90s, everybody was named John and Mike. Every white <laughs> kid at least was named. Uh, most white kids were named John and Mike. And Dave Are those people seven. not around anymore? They're uh, they're they're still around. <laughs> My group of friends in high school were called the Mikes and the Johns, and because we had four Mikes and three Jonathans and a John mm -hmm. with an H, and all of those dudes are now known by their last names, even though we're all forty and have completely different jobs. But every single person is known by their last name still, just because it started when I was like twelve, and then like next thing you know, teachers are calling you that, coaches are calling you that, then you go to college and. In college, no one's saying, hi, John Gabris. Hi, Jeremy Kirk. It's always like, what's up, Kirkland? You know, and then it's like, that sticks when there's 20 Johns. And then like, I didn't realize I was accidentally branding at the time. But in college, I was like, just started introducing myself to people as Gabris. I was like, I'm Gabris. Uh, my friend, now now I've had to go full circle. and be like, hi, I'm Gabris. Uh, well, John Gabris, please call me Gabris. Because now it sounds like I'm trying to get stolen valor for being like uh, ethnic or something like that. When I'm like... <laughs> Hi, my name is Gabris. And they're like, ooh, that's interesting. Uh, what kind of name is that? I'm like, oh, it's actually my last name. <laughs> I'm not as cool. You know, nope, just white straight male, 39 years old. Don't, I'm not trying to, you know, those guys who are like, I'm technically half Yemeni. See, I didn't, like I didn't know if it was a Long Island thing because one of my best friends, his name is Brian Davis. And we just introduced him as Brian Davis. It's Brian, it, yeah. He's a first name, last name, full name. Right. Like that, that's, that's that makes sense. If you're under four syllables, I think you get your first. And if you are two one syllable names, you mm. almost exclusively get uh, your, both your names said at the same time. You know, like I'm trying to even think of two syllable. <laughs> yeah. See, I got fucked because my mom, you know, God, thanks, mom. Jeremy Kirkland. There's too many fucking syllables. And I, I don't want to be Jay because I feel yeah. like for one day, everyone should just go back. To their AOL and some messenger screen name, and that's how we should run the world. Okay, you know? well, I'm Surfrat sixty nine, so <laughs> I'm I'm Vitamin J twenty six. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but like having the name Jeremy and being anywhere around my age uh, is 
harder than being called Jay or Grandmaster because Jeremy was the name that you could not sing to your fucking classmate. Yeah. Thanks to Pearl Jam, right? Did Pearl Jam fuck you over for like, oh, or absolutely. did you like it? Did you like it? Did you play it when you walked onto the field or into no. well, first uh, off, robotics, I'm, whatever the fuck you did? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never scored a point in anything. I played pops, Hell yeah. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so you never, you even sucked with that? Like you never even got points in Pogs? It was oh like, yeah. I no. lost all my slammers. Shitty. Uh, I had a Shaquille O'Neal slammer and a bully my- took it from me. I had an OJ slammer that I was so proud of, and it said guilty on one side and not guilty on the other. So like you could like flip it, and it was like my one of my most prized possessions. That and like a glass slammer that I boosted from Dave's cards in Newbridge. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Were Pogs invented solely to teach kids how to shoplift? Because I feel like I. I I had so many friends who were into Pogs and none of us were buying them. And like, we were oh, like, we just kept touche. having them. We're like, how do you have money? It's like, I don't. I steal them from stores. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that was probably many people's first, first lift. You had yeah, Tootsie easy. Rolls or Pogs. And because Pogs, I remember it was supposed to be like the Hawaiian milk cap game or something, right? Like, wasn't it supposed to be Hawaiian? Oh, that makes sense. Maybe. Because Pog, uh, could mean passion orange guava, like Pog juice is popular in Hawaii. Passion there free orange and guava. And I don't know if they have anything to do that. Meanwhile, like <laughs> six native Hawaiians are like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Yeah. yeah Slammers they're... are actually native to Kauai. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Man, I, I don't know. Pogs, Pogs were just the vibe I, I would love. And I've tried on more than one occasion to bring back things like that like i i feel like everyone's got those friends i mean because you got it with clothes you got it with like no 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 they're gonna stay in this era like i have a friend he's so obsessed with offline you know content and so it's vhs's uh cassette tapes you know hell yeah he spent like 150 dollars on a mr mr cassette tape i was like (laughs) it's not even a good album (laughs) dude you could flip that no time bro he's gonna be a-okay that's big bucks right there uh (laughs) I I get that some people get stuck in those errors. I feel like pot like I know we're, we're you're as I'm not a parent or anything, but you hear from parents like, oh, screen time is the devil. Whatever screens, yeah, blah blah blah. I have a three year old. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel like if you, if, how can you force your kid to do Pogs when an iPad exists? It's like <laughs> Pogs. Pogs are one of the most like we were like we should bring those back. It's like no, it's instantly replaceable by literally anything. Like Magic the Gathering is better for you than Pogs were. You know what I mean? Like Pogs were nothing, and it's so funny that it was such an enormous part of my junior high and freshman year experience that you're like, and then. When you look back on it, and if you had to articulate to any Gen Z or whatever the young people are called now, if you had to describe to them what Pogs were, they'd be like, really? Did you guys not have fucking Game Boy yet? And it was like, <laughs> no, Game Boys would get taken away in school, but in school you could have a sleeve of cardboard discs that you could fucking slam down at the cafeteria and then have <laughs> fucking Mike, Mikey's mom call your mom to say... Uh, John want to slam her off my son and my son is dis- like super heartbroken. Is there any way like how frequently that shit was going? I mean, I beat Pokemon generation by like three. Like, I think it goes Pogs, then Pokemon. Yeah. Of amongst like the nerdy sort of non video game worlds because Pokemon cards kind of came out right after I, like the show. And I remember seeing the show coming on when I was in high school and being like, man, this is a f- fun little cartoon. Yeah. And then finding out like my little brother and his friends are like losing their cards to each other in some sort of like gambling psyop that they they get us started on early in in society yeah what a shit show i feel like you need, i had a, a younger brother and he was really into pokemon and then i used him to kind of stay in that world without losing any cool points but the truth that's is always, i wasn't cool anyway <laughs> that's always like you know because that's a two way street. Like if you have, I never had an older brother, obviously. I mean, if you're born without ones, you don't randomly get, I mean, I guess you could later in life. I'm not going to figure out why or how, but, uh, I, I was the oldest. So a lot of my friends who had older brothers would be like, I got us beer for the night. Or like, do you guys know about iron maiden this band? You know what I mean? Like, and it's everyone's older brother is passing on their cool shit. Uh, my, my, my family, my two younger brothers were cooler than me. And they'd, I'd be like, 
They're like, what's that game you play with your friends? I'd be like, it's called Dungeons and Dragons. Why? You guys want to like copy your older brother? And they were like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm going to try fucking cigarettes, man. I was like, oh, okay. Well, are you guys friends now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've sort of always been tight. I mean, we were three boys uh, of close in age, so a lot of combat growing up. But now, and almost since... Since me and my the older one graduated, like went through college and kind of got <coughs> to be away from each other for a few years, me and my middle brother, right? We kind of it was way easier to hang out. Uh, truly, once n- not once I wasn't trapped in the house and I was leaving for college and coming back, I think it saved like everyone. Like you know, just like for me because I just couldn't deal with living with my family after a certain point. It was just not for me. <laughs> but like, don't you find it interesting that now? I think as middle adults or whatever, you start to look back and and you feel like your parents were like actually kind of cool. Uh, still no, uh, but that might be <laughs> that, that might be specific to me. The one thing I do think back on and a lot is like I'm going to be forty in January, and when oh, my yeah. mom was forty, I was a senior in high school. Okay, so or, or like a junior or a senior in high school. So I think about that frequently. I don't think my parents were actually cool but i do give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt since i was born when they were 22 years old and i am they're not bright you know they're not brighter than i am and they and times were even darker in the early 80s like for knowledge of how to raise a child and what's the right things to say in front of them and do to them and to how much you should leave them alone that shit wasn't all hammered out yet uh so but i give the one thing I've grown, I have never grown to be like, actually, my childhood was cool because it wasn't. But I have grown to go like, I got to cut them some fucking slack, dude. It was <laughs> must have been impossible. If th- my mom had three kids by the time she was 30. She was 30 and she had like a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a fucking one-year-old. That's, That's an heavy. intense experience. Now, as a 39-year-old man, thinking back to when I was 30, if I just had three kids... I wouldn't do half the job my parents did. I'm way more self-involved and narcissistic than they could ever be. Be like, and they the were iPad. pretty, and they were pretty heavy in that category. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, obviously, thanks for coming on the show. There's, I, I would have to say you've probably been on, I don't know, hundreds of of podcasts and episodes over the years from Comedy Bang Bang and Gino. But I figured of all the shows you've been on, you've probably never been on a cl- uh, on a pod talking about clothes. Yeah, no, that's not congratulations. Frequently a talk. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, hey, no, <laughs> congratulations to you. Finally found a new way to have me not talk about fucking lifeguarding or the same bullshit over and over again. But I, yeah, I'm stoked because clothes have never been a thing I gave a fuck about until recently. I started being like. Oh, just because I don't like new clothing trends doesn't mean I don't give a fuck about clothing. I I don't like the idea of like what's new and stylish. I like the idea of what I like. And I'm sure everyone says that. And uh, I'm not a fucking sn- a special person here saying this. But in the last year of not having to do things where like the last year and a half of like, I don't have to put on pants to go do a live show. I don't have to wear a button down for this audition. It's not cool out i'm not traveling outside of los angeles because we're sort of pinned down by the pandemic so i really crystallized my fashion sense of like short shorts sockless (laughs) shoes and like hawaiian shirts and a sort of like 70s 80s 90s like beach bum vibe i've sort of landed on that and i've always i mean and you know like you said about pogs and uh when i was 13 like my first favorite like i wore I started wearing board shorts and shopping at a surf shop at Alocal. Shout out Alocal Cruise on Merrick Road in Merrick, right next to the Brokerage Comedy Club where Seinfeld got his start. But there you go. Hey, hey, you know, we're all. What's the deal with board shorts? (laughs) You're not bored when you're wearing them. I don't see them boogieing. Why is the board called that? Uh, But. I so I started getting into surf clothes then, and I was wearing like flip flops and airwalks and rusty corduroy shorts and uh, Hell yeah. you know, and like shit like that. I had like a billabong jacket, and I was just like, I was a little surfer and boogie boarder and beach kid. And then I lived in New York City for like you know 10 years, and I just had some like kind of cool clothes and I kind of kept up with fashion. But then moving here, I was like, fuck, I could really be like Los Angeles specifically lets you. 
I've heard a lot of theories to this. Like Los Angeles, you can really dress however the fuck you want for almost any event. Like everyone, because if you if you dress like a freak, like a bum freak, people just assume you're even richer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if you're just like this dude in sweatpants, the guy a guy looks like me comes in in sweatshorts and a tank top, you're like this guy is a fucking mega producer. You know what I mean? Like this dude's a millionaire. <laughs> it's like, and because we have cars instead of public transit, and because the weather and there's never rain, so you never have to like plan for like the the elements. It's just beautiful and cars. You never have to get on a subway and have like a 15-year-old kid be like, what the fuck is that jacket, bro? <laughs> like, you don't have to deal with any of that. You get to just be the like, you're in your own bubble, really, in Los Angeles. You get in your car. You leave your apartment, get in your car, go to your next location. You can, women, I live in West Hollywood. Men and women both dress absolutely, absolutely wild here. Like, uh, <laughs> with below, like, like it would make like a cartoon reverend from a commercial or an 80s movie like because it's just hypersexual it's fucking great (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like because you know there's i lived in new york for like 16 years just just left new york not too long ago and it's i'm still like recovering from the fatigue of sort of like new york style right yes yeah because you need to like like no matter what you wear for fucking six months out of the year, you have to wear like a black jacket over it because or else I don't black jackets are like the most New York thing for some reason. Everyone just has black jackets and coach. Like once the weather turns, it's like, yeah, fuck it. We're miserable here. Everyone wear your black. Get on the fucking train. This sucks. Fuck it. Where do you live now? Uh, I moved to the Midwest. So I'm actually oh, now. Shit. So I'm originally from St. Louis and I'm now like commuting. So I'm in L.A. in like two weeks. I'm back in. New York and, you know, uh, three, four weeks. And I basically kind of go back every, you know, every other month or so. Oh, that's wild. That's cool. Yeah, you'd think. Well, if if you could pull it off, that is like the fantasy, right? The like, oh, I don't have to live in L. Like, if you don't go on Trulia and just look up St. Louis, like (laughs) St. Louis house, and you're like, oh, $195,000 for a nice two bedroom or whatever. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, and that's a lot of money in my head, but it's one fifth the cost of a fucking two bedroom in my neighborhood, which is, oh yeah. So like, you get that idea of like, I'm 40, I still don't have a dishwasher, I still have to pay for my laundry and like all this like dumb shit, and it's like, I grew up being like, I'm never living anywhere but New York. Now I'm like, never anywhere but New York or L.A. And now I'm like, I will live in Big Sky, Montana, if the Wi-Fi is good. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you're like, you just start to realize like so much other shit matters. And like, there's, and I think this last year allowed us to like break from our fucking environments in a way where it's like, how imperative is it that I am in L.A. right or New York right now? Because it's yeah. like. I just did my job for a year without <laughs> having to be. No one invited me. I never left my apartment. I shot like five things, but I otherwise I didn't do anything for a year. I could have been. I could have been in Hawaii, ruining it for everyone over there. <laughs> could have been over there d- discovering the origin story of Pogs on my eleventh yeah, <laughs> podcast, an investigative deep dive into the origin of Pog. What is actually in New York? Like, yes, good restaurants. Like, yeah, the vibe is different. Sure, but like you'll. But like, I will always choose a place to live by restaurants, but most cities, like most metropolitan areas are popping off now. Like food is kind of like people are, people realize food and it's like, you're a fashion guy, you're a clothes guy. If you're fucking stock X delivers to fucking Missouri, (laughs) like like, it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) But at the same time, there. I I think we something taught us that like leaving the city was giving up and it's just like something in our brains ta- like cuz that was the That's attitude it. people had towards it forever but then when you get to be in your late 30s early 40s it flips and you're like oh how envious I am of them to break from the quote unquote business whatever the business might be the grind of whatever stupid media adjacent shit you're trying to pop off on like that that's it's brutal yeah and I feel like I feel like part of why people are like, I, sh- I wouldn't do that if I were you is because they're like, 
wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Don't do it. It's like <laughs> it's like your friend once they get married is like, you got to get married too, man. Like, you know, all right. When your friends have kids, they're like, when are you guys having kids? When is your life going to suck as much as ours? It's like, <laughs> not anytime soon, pal. <laughs> I'm watching your life. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I don't like Very to wake up before 8.30 a.m. Except for SAG day rates. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about, obviously, the, the Long Island punk style. Because you, for like basically the internet, represent Long Island. <laughs> Thank you. That's, uh, it's insane. I've kind, I kind of think I did it like ironically at first and then sort of actually came around and now have like, a bunch of island pride. And then on top of it, I now feel like important in being a sort of like open-minded ambassador to Long Island of just like, ah, yes, you can be a Long Island meathead and <laughs> ask people their pronouns. Or, you know, like, <laughs> like you could be both monsters. So like, I'm happy to like, now, I, you know, like, People from Boston are like, I'm not a racist Boston person. I'm a regular Boston. Like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> We need way more of you. <laughs> like we got to swing the, uh, the the stereotype in the other direction. So I'm I'm that that being said, hit me with your Long Island punk because uh, that was that was big in the '90s, the punk and the hardcore scene uh, out on the island, which makes total sense. <laughs> well, the, the the like inside joke that's super weird is like every dude that was super into you know hardcore in Long Island and you know in the tri-state area all found themselves working in fashion eventually. You got like, I'm, oh. yeah, like it's, it's, I believe that. Yeah. It's like they're, because it was a fashion. It's like, also it's like that scene when you're young and not that talented of musicians, it <laughs> is almost a fashion scene as much as it is a music scene. Cause it is like about how you look. And so many people that were in bands in long, uh, on long Island were all more or less like, people who went to shows who also happened to perform at one of these shows every eight times or whatever. So I feel like building a community like that lends itself to be like, uh, I'm doing the fucking tuck my bandana in my back pocket thing. I'm with, you know, I got like my uh, pencil thin black pants and my studded belt and my black chucks. And you know, I've got my white button down shirt and fingerless gloves, like whatever fucking version of, because there's like every year that kind of tweaked a little bit. But I can imagine you go to enough like underground bullshit venues in Rockville Center and see everyone's fashion. You're like, oh, this is as important as the music is to me or, you know, or like uh, this is this is a facet of it for me, for sure. And that's something that's cool that I've been learning as like a grown up is that it's like, oh, entertainment, like fashion is part of that, too. And I'm finally like coming around to understanding that. Well, because so, you also had like a serious glow up too, where I felt like you were embracing, you were embracing kinda, like your 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 style more than ever. Yeah, I've, I truly in the last few years have kind of come into my own in sort of like what my style is and what I, you know, for so long I just didn't allow myself to do things for myself because I kept saying like. Soon as I'm successful, then I'll be able to focus on like doing fun shit. And then I started was like, you know, dealing with depression and anxiety. And, you know, if you're waiting for success to happen <laughs> when it doesn't, you're constantly let yourself down. Then I like in the last few years through therapy and talking a lot to fellow creatives, like I sort of just came to the conclusion that I was like, why the fuck? don't I just start considering myself successful now? Like I'm not, I wasn't like I was, I was struggling creatively and like career wise, but I wasn't like struggling to keep a roof over our head and keep me and my wife fed, you know, between us two. So right. I was like, so what's the problem here? It's like, why don't I just start? And then like a few years ago, I was like, I've been wanting to take scuba lessons my entire life, but I kept being like, as soon as I'm free, as soon as I'm done with what, you know, eventually I'll be like, and then I was like, wait, fuck it. I could just do it now. The only thing stopping me is me. The only person who thinks that I'm not successful. When you talk to so many people, they're like, what? No, you're majorly successful, dude. You yeah, got I was going to say, this, you're this, huge. This. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then you forget that. And you forget that because then you talk to people who are doing better than you are and they're bitching and you're like, bro, I would kill to be where you are. And it's like, fuck, that just never ends. And then it took me like internalizing and looking at myself and being like, wait a minute. If this is as successful as you get, this is pretty solid. But 
you got to start living your life. You got to start playing as much as working. Yeah. And it was like, so finally I got around to playing. And then I think in that last few years, I was like, like I wouldn't let myself go to the beach because I had work to do. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't even have stuff to do. I just felt like I didn't earn the beach trip, the, the day trip to the beach. I'm not even talking about like vacation. I didn't believe I earned it because I wasn't like, I wasn't achieving this bar that I've created in my head. I guess the I'm t- of course this is classic Gabrus. I'm talking for 45 minutes unbroken on your podcast to end with this point. I think maybe TL colon DR. I just lowered the bar <laughs> for myself. As I'm saying all this, I'm realizing did I just lower my own bar and just be like, I'm not gonna get complacent, but I am gonna go like, okay, you can have a fucking surfing lesson. You could blow off on a Thursday and go to the beach. You earned it, Gabrus. So making those, and then I think that just like, I started taking martial arts. I started surfing. I started doing all these things that I used to do. surfing with Jonah Hill? Oh, I wish. (laughs) Jonah Hill, like, there are a few people in Hollywood that I'm like, eventually we're going to run into each other and I think we're going to hit it off. Yeah, I, uh, so Paul Feig, who's like buddies with Apatow, he's been on the show a few times and, uh, the, you know, there's a very fashion centric dude. He's obsessed with with suits and and all that yeah. stuff, and like also goes nuts. Like, I mean, head to toe bespoke suiting. Uh, but he came on, and the majority of the time, all I wanted all I wanted to do was talk to him about heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> he was, fuck yeah. He was like, I, right? Well, he was like, so oh, and he was, and he starts, he changes the subject to you know the suit or whatever that I had or something. Well, let's talk lapels. You're like, no, talk working with Stiller on heavyweight. Yeah, uh, I was like, so, so you and Stephen Brill, and you're right. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that that was. Um, I was like, would you ever do it again? And he was like, um, and I I don't know initially because when we were done, he was like, were you like like trolling me? And I was like, no, like. I was like, if I could, the poster would be on my wall right next to Houseguest. Like, this is everything. Fucking love Houseguest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wait, you're talking the Sinbad Steve Martin movie Houseguest, right? Uh, or absolutely. Am I combined? Uh, yeah. No, Sinbad. The fuck? Sinbad uh, Phil Hartman. Um, Phil, Phil Hartman. Sorry, yeah. yes. Uh, combining two legendary uh, old white uh, straight men. Uh, <laughs> but fucking uh, Phil Hartman even better. The Sinbad putting uh novocaine on his hands (laughs) as pretending to be the dentist is one of the most iconic physical physical comedy scenes from my childhood it is burned into my brain i'm a diehard sinbad fan i knew his stand-up by heart that that was my first foray into comedy was watching and memorizing people's stand-up routines because i like loved how they made me laugh and i was able to reiterate it on the playground or the bus and crush and watching eddie murphy delirious but like sinbad was clean you could quote sinbad to your uh, friends' parents, and they mm-hmm. would laugh at it. Like you, could, and he was the fucking best. And then when I saw House Guest for the first time, and he rubs the Novocaine on his hands, and I'm I'm pretty young when I see this, but my mom used to be a receptionist at a dental office, so I just happened to know enough about dentistry, and like, and I knew that like how important self important these guys were, and how like it is a real deal. So that movie hit me so hard. I came home and I told my mom because she was worried. I was like, Mom, you gotta see it. Sinbad puts liquid in, or like. Gel Novocaine. She's like, I don't know if that's a real thing. Yeah, I was like, like, who cares? It rules. Yeah, exactly. It's like Vaseline that he pretends is Novocaine, and then he gets all fucking numby hands. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I met Sinbad once because I, when I was in New York, he came to the Apple Store, and I was like, Yo, because there's only a couple people I've been starstruck for it. Fisher Stevens of Hackers. Um, uh, yeah, I like please say of Hackers and not Short Circuit because we are forgetting that phase of his life when. You could just do that in a movie. I guess. <laughs> how how old were you when you found out Fisher Stevens was an Indian? I mean, I was like twenty six. I was uh, like, what? I <laughs> when he, was like when he maybe a back, few years I, ago. <laughs> yeah. I a true. What was the? Did he make Blackfish? Was he like a EP on? Like he recently made a documentary that was sort of environmentally conscious. Yeah, possibly Blackfish, and he was at some award show and he spoke, and that was maybe seven years ago, six years ago. And that's when I realized he wasn't in, in a South Asian man. <laughs> oh my god! Well, so I would see him because he lived in Fort Greene, and um, oh. uh, and so I would see him all the time in my neighborhood, and I would always be like, "Fisher Steven. you know, my wife would be like, "Who fucking cares?" You know, it's like, <laughs> like she she never cared about any of that stuff, and I was like, 
hackers. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to tell him he's, he's by himself. He's outside of bittersweet. I'm like, yo, hackers changed my life. And he was like, cool. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what an idiot. You know, and like the second time you compliment someone and they still hit you with the, are you trolling me? <laughs> you're like, no, I actually really like it. I swear. You're like, what's up with my facial expressions that no one <laughs> takes my compliments well? <laughs> I know, right? This is, yeah. This, I, 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 I like later learned that you like went up to him when he was like at a urinal and grabbed him by his waist and you were like, I love hackers. <laughs> and he was like, hey. And you're like, he's a, you know, Fisher Stevens had a weird reaction to me, man. Yeah, what a weird guy. Well, when I, when I met Sinbad and told him, he was like, he was a good man, man. He was a good man. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, Phil. And I forgot that Phil wasn't, is no longer with us and had the oh, tragic, yeah. yeah, tragic, you know, accident. Um, <laughs> accident? <laughs> what did, uh, am I wrong? Didn't his wife like his wife, him or his something? wife murdered him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in, in like a manic crazed state. Uh, yeah. Ugh, what a heartbreaker, man. Yeah. He was the best. Yeah, excuse the bizarro rabbit hole. Um, yeah, back to Long Island punk fest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you do what? What? What were some? Were there any fashion heads that came out of that, or more specifically, what? Like, were there any major trends that were like Long Island hardcore based? Because I, I'm trying to place more. I'm trying to. Uh, girls' jeans was one. The biggest yes. like icons that came out of that were you have like Brendan Bobenzine who. Uh, was the creative director of a brand called Supreme for a super long yeah. time and now runs Heard Noah. Heard of it. <laughs> yeah, and now he runs Noah. And like... Oh, shit. I, I don't know what anything is, but I got like a... Here we go. Here's my... Uh, my surf... I bought a Birdwell long sleeve graphic tee and it was Birdwell uh, and a Noah collab and I didn't know what Noah was. And then our mutual friend, Adam Pally, had like a Noah uh, piece on when we were traveling together and I was like... Oh, is that like a fashion brand? He's like, yeah, dude. And I was like, oh, because I have a shirt. And I was like so proud. And he was like, you do? And I was like, because I dress like a fucking child. And I was like, yeah, look. And it's just like a long sleeve yellow Birdwell tee, but it's got like a little Noah logo on it. I, so I was, I'm just pumped to be like, I have something cool by accident. <laughs> yeah. Brendan was a big guy. He came out of the Long Island scene. And then everything else was all like music, music stuff. And all yeah. those people like went nuts with it. And now you have the big thing is like all the screen printing stuff that was happening. I feel like anyone who they will, you know, screen print their shirts and you have like now I think the big vibe is like all the people who are making bootleg dead stuff, like Grateful Dead. Yeah. Or Black Flag and all that. Yeah. Like Jeremy Dean, who's also been on the show a few times, he makes all of his sort of, you know, we can discover the wonders of Black Flag, which is like the Grateful Dead steal your face. I mean it's it's all that Oh, that's so fucking you know, that makes a lot of sense too, because that scene is just like in the comedy scene, it's like, yeah, I've been editing a bunch of comedy videos for my friends as we make comedy. And it's like, I actually am pretty good at editing. It's like, fuck, I don't have to necessarily do comedy, but I should be an editor. And it's like, you're making sc your screen print and t-shirts for your band. You're making merch. And the next thing you know, you're like really diving deep into like the cool design for your movie life logo or whatever. And the next <laughs> thing you know, you're like, do I like designing t-shirts as much as I like playing music? Well, maybe this. And so frequently in creative pursuits, whether it's music, uh, acting, like any one of these like uh, artistic pursuits, there's always like a, when you get a little bit of success or a little bit of failure, a minor pivot where you add something else into your life, like something that's always been a hobby. You're like, well, now I'm actually also uh, getting my certification in blank or I'm uh, taking Muay Thai classes or all these things that people spin off and do. And it's like. If if you've been fucking in in and out of bands for fifteen years, you probably have a, a ton of t shirt in the in the nineties, especially. You probably have a ton of t shirt printing experience and graphic design experience. You probably drew so many fucking random hypothetical album covers. You're like, oh, you when you were in a band, you were accidentally training to be a designer, a fashion designer. Like you could have yeah. like low key been accidentally doing that. Like becoming an actor could end up making you. I'm trying to think of like. <laughs> What an actor could make you do. No, acting is so fucking narcissistic. You can't really do much of it. <laughs> well, I bet like, for example, George Clooney is a world famous actor who the thing that makes him the most amount of money is tequila. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, like we all have to spin off eventually. George Clooney is like the main dude and he still even has to have a side fucking biz just to keep the lights on. One of my favorite Clooney stories is like he started doing press again. And the press article that he decided to do 
was this like, I think it was a GQ piece. And he talked about after he sold Casamigos, he decided how cool it would be to give a bunch of his friends a million dollars cash. And everyone was like, what? Why is this okay? Like he just, like, he just, yeah, he, he like gave it to like 13 friends or something crazy like yeah. that, right? I, the story was some, and that's fucking intense. Like, if you're Clooney's friend, you got to be like, look, I've been trying to just be cool, like be your friend, but this is way too much money. This changes our entire dynamic, dude. Yeah. Plus, it's I got to pay tax on this. You fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fuck me. I'm like in the 50th top bracket now, you motherfucker. I mean, how many Clooney? people do you think got it and were like, Oh, let me make sure I I pay the taxes on this. Oh, you got to you got to put 500,000 away right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be like this has got I got to Uncle Sam's going to come knocking. <laughs> uh Clo- Clooney also I think was like a famously a prankster, right? So people were probably also a little uh sketched out. One of the ones I remember a prank I remember him talking about on like Leno or something was he was staying at a friend's house. And he kept taking the cat poop out of the kitty litter. That was his roommate, uh, and it, it's the dude roommate. from. Uh, it's I think it's Richard Carn. No, 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 Richard. Oh, that <laughs> Richard Carn is is Al Borland, right? No, it's yeah. Uh, uh, are you thinking of uh, Richard Kind, Richard... the loud guy from Spin City? <laughs> yeah, Richard Kind. He was he living with Clooney and Kind lived together. Yeah, Clooney and Kind were roommates. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So the, the cat. Long story short, uh, the cat is not shitting. Kind is worried. Clooney keeps stealing the shit. He keeps checking the litter box. Eventually, on like day five, Clooney takes like a human dump in the <laughs> litter box. And it's like, and when Richard Kind finds it, he's like, Jesus Christ, the cat. And I can just picture not even knowing Richard Kind. Dude, I love nothing more than hearing famous people were each other's roommates. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Sandler uh, and all of his home, like Sandler and Apatow and all these dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Richard Dreyfus, like the Hoffman slept on his floor in LA and shit like that. Like, I just love hearing shit like that. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like two absolute icons whose paths crossed at some point. You know, it's like, whoa, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Damn. Who slept on your floor? Uh, no one super famous yet. A few uh, convicted murderers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly infamous criminals. Uh, no, I've never had anyone uh, super famous crash at my place. Uh, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, eventually, I feel like eventually I'll have stories like that. With you know, in thirty years, I'll be like, you know, this crazy comedy writer who's created a bunch of shows. He lived. He dog sat for me for three months <laughs> while I was traveling or whatever. You know, just because we're all like we've all we were all so broken around together at the same time for so long that it's like eventually someone's gonna pop and we're gonna be like, remember? I mean, so many people have, but no, no one's super close to me. But you know, like eventually you're gonna be like, Darcy Carden came to my wedding. You know, we'll be able to tell people that. <laughs> this is a series of random questions that I want to ask you that I figured would be phenomenal, and I'd be very curious what your hot takes are on these. Oh, please, yes. If you were making a YouTube how-to video, what would the subject be? Ooh, shit. That's a great... Ooh, that's a fun question. It might be how to eat wings. <laughs> like, the ma- to maximally get all... Like, I'm very good at, like, cleaning the bone and also, you know, consuming large quantities. Most of mine would be consumption-based. It's like... I- you know what? I'd like to give a YouTube tutorial on... How to approach a buffet. That's it. I, that's what I've decided. There sort you of go. All encompassing my skill set is because I have strong theories, strategies. You know, uh, I got proclivities. I got things I'm dealing with. I got performance enhancing drugs. Buffets are important to me. There you go. So, yeah, sold. Uh, if they ever come back, those fucking nasty <laughs> dude, yeah, disease vectors. <laughs> I remember it'd be like uh, I. W- so we would go to the Ponderosa on family night. And I remember, you know, if there was a school bus parked out front, which was like a football team, or whatever, my dad would be like, oh, we're not going there. It's all, yeah. all the good stuff's going to be gone. <laughs> all the sh- all the fried shrimp's gone in the first run. Yeah, yeah my my football team, uh, we used to go to like the China buffet together and sit down with like 30 people and uh, 30 dudes. And you would just see the poor people be like, oh, fuck these monsters. <laughs> it's like. Everyone is like, it's $14 a head or whatever for lunch. And everyone's like, I only have 13. Everyone's like, I only have 15. It's like, well, there's tax and tip too. And it's like, yeah, you can't take 30, 16 year olds to something like that. Just ruins everyone's day. <laughs> there are folks that I still go out to dinner with when I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't go out to eat with him because he always wants to split the bill and homie the clown orders like 800 times too much. I'm like, 
We went out to, I went, when I was in New York the other day, I went out to dinner with him. It was us and a bunch of other dudes. And I'm like, I ordered fucking baked chicken and vegetables and I'm paying $160 for this shit. I was like, oh, it's because I didn't have 10 cocktails in a porterhouse. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you know, you, this isn't an official question in the hot takes, but I got a hot take for you. Then stay the fuck home. Pal. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> that, you know, because that's my argument is like, then you should have you should have had four more cocktails. You're right. If you know what you're getting into with this guy, because I, unless it's predetermined ahead of time, like if a friend is like, yo, look, I am not doing too hot financially right now. Can we can I just pay my I'm not going to drink or anything like that. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, man. Or like I'm sober. I'm not going to drink as many drinks as you guys. And we're like, oh, we'll figure out a different rate for you. More often than not, I'm just trying to split it evenly. And I take the I high road. That, I'm, I always yeah, take the you, high oh, road. Oh, you have to. Because yeah. if, you, if you don't, like if you turn around and talk shit on a podcast, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> someone might hear that shit. No, but I, I truly feel like you have like in for a penny, in for a pound. It's like, fuck, I'm sitting here. It's like, I, I you know, you can pitch at the table. Like, I don't think we need three orders of oysters or like porterhouse for two for just you, man. Okay. Like you could talk like. <laughs> Say stuff like that that might say someone be like, oh, I'll throw an extra 50 down or whatever. And then you're like, oh, cool, thanks. But I think like, I think it's assumed for most of my friends that I go out to dinner with that it's like, we're splitting this. So play along or like if your friend's pregnant, like you go like, you're not drinking. Okay, well, we'll work something out. But otherwise, I think you got to fucking just. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't I don't food shame, but I'm just always like, and I guess, I don't know, maybe I maybe I eat my words. Maybe I do food shame. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, at least you're not doing it to his face. Uh, oh, I did do it to his face. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Oh, good. Uh, no, I, I don't think there's a, like you did it. You pay like it sucks. You you got a hundred sixty dollar roasted chicken, but at the same time, like <laughs> there you go. There's New York versus St. Louis for yeah, there, yeah, for sure. Um, last movie you saw that you liked? Oh, okay. Uh, does it have to? Because I just watched the A Team remake last night, and I rewatched it, and I love it. Uh, with um, the one Liam Neeson, Rampage Jackson. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's so obviously the era it came out in because it's. Did you watch it Rampage for, for your Jackson? Pot? No, actually, it's funny. Someone tweeted about it and was like, "This movie's actually really good." And then my friend, uh, also a fashionista, Dave Schilling. Uh, Dave was on the show on the, the other pod. day. Of course. Yeah. I was about to say, hey, he's perfect for this. And if he hasn't been, you should invite him. Uh, Dave was actually on my podcast talking about fashion, which I think you're going to get an email about as well, Jeremy. Uh, there you go. But but Dave tweeted, like, this movie is one of the best cast movies of all time. And I wrote, like, I was like, this movie actually fucking is fun as hell. And rewatching it last night, it is fun as hell. A little too much CGI air battle stuff and helicopter stuff. But other than that, the four main people are fuck. I mean, and the bad guy is fucking Patrick Wilson. He's so fucking funny as Lynch. He's so good. He's so weird. And and I don't know. Who, I, I I wish I had a little more. Ex- oh, Joe Carnahan wrote it, maybe, but I'm not positive who directed it. Oh. But it has like way more humor in it than I remembered. And it's not bad. They're trying. And I appreciate. And what's his name? The South African guy who popped for like five movies, Shartlow Copley or whatever. Oh yeah. He, He's in it as Murdoch, and he's he's, I mean, poor guy. We haven't seen him again for a while, but he came on hard with like the Neil uh, Blomkamp movies, and uh, that's right. He did do all the Neil Blomkamp District movies. District Nine yeah. he came in hot with those, and he was great. And then he got he's in Chappie. He gets Elysium. All that yeah, yeah. Wait, Bradley Cooper was in that movie. Bradley Cooper is face. Liam Neeson is Hannibal. Yeah. Rampage Jackson is BA. That's a great cast, and then. Patrick Wilson is the bad guy, Lynch, and fucking Jessica Beale, who is doing almost nothing in this movie, <laughs> plays someone named Sosa, which is, I don't know what nationality Beale is, but I was confused. Uh, <laughs> but it's, she's, she's in, like, that's a, that's a star-studded movie, but truly fucking Bradley Cooper is so good in it. He, he's low-key good in a lot of stuff. He's talented. Fucking Brad, Bradley Cooper yeah. is really fucking good. Damn, he's good. And he's like, so many people become megastars and are like that. Like, for example, I'm a fan of The Rock, but he's a megastar in a different way than Bradley Cooper is. Like, I don't want to see The Rock disappear into a role, if he could even. Uh, Bradley Cooper can't. Bradley Cooper is like, he's fucking talented as fuck. I mean, he's in, 
Wet Hot American Summer yeah. and the fucking uh, Star is Born. Like, that's that's a fucking real two opposite ends of the spectrum, and he crushes both. Yeah, yeah. Um, Last YouTube video you watched. Something in bed. Oh, I watched hours of these of people. I watched, like, how-to and uh, show-off videos or whatever they're called of people showing their sort of uh, van life uh camping rigs for Subaru Outbacks specifically. Oh, do you ever watch Doug DeMero videos? No, I'm writing it down. Oh, fuck, dude, you gotta watch Doug DeMero. He is, uh, he's probably the greatest car reviewer ever, but he reviews cars like your neighbor that you don't really know, but you always say hi to when you go outside. (laughs) Interesting, (laughs) cool. I'll check that out for sure. I, I'm a, I drive a station wagon and I want my next car to be a station wagon. And in the last couple of years, uh, I've gotten into camp in the last two, three years, I've gotten into camping, which is very much a Los Angeles thing oh, yeah. because you can drive in two hours in any direction to wild, different, uh, biodiverse fucking locations. But the fucking, uh, I'm getting really, I really dig it. And then I was like, I, my my lease is up in two years. I've always wanted a Subaru Outback. That's a wagon and it's four-wheel drive with more clearance. And so then I start going like, well, I'll pimp it out for like camping. I'll get some cool add-ons and shit. And then I like start watching all these people customize. Because I have that romanticized thing of like, I intend to someday be like, all right, I'm going to tour the country doing comedy and sleep in my car in campsites. Like, I just want that. I, I like I'm, I've gotten into it so much that I'm like looking forward. So I, that being said, I fucking smoked a blunt and was like, <laughs> all right, let me, let me get some information here. And then I just went down a rabbit hole of watching like 90 minutes of different, like crunchy dudes and uh, pe- uh, crunchy people just being like, so you can get a tarp that attaches to the top. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get the tarp. man. Like yeah. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking well, I was gonna about. Say- but now I can't wait to have like a fucking pimped out camping vehicle i feel like youtube in the past couple years all of a sudden like people rediscovered it and i'm like why how did i miss out on this or it's just that like youtube videos are now like way better than the guy with like the shaky phone um oh yeah i mean it's just like uh, there's so many content farms that they're like you know people actually do watch how-to videos it's like great well this production company made 200 how-to like construction videos of high quality and now they have a bunch of subscribers it's like the second you can make money anywhere, everything just starts to evolve so rapidly. You know what I mean? You're like, like, I'm sure there are like full blown production companies that just make like how to roll a joint videos with like, function. oh yeah, because <laughs> that's what I that's I still can't roll a joint despite smoking weed like every day on broken. I don't like I don't know how to decade. do it either. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. And then once you could buy them pre roll, then it's like fuck it, I'm never gonna learn. <laughs> There's no need. Do you, you don't have your show on YouTube, do you? No, that's the other thing. Cause like, that's something a lot of standups do is have their podcasts on YouTube too, because it's just, you know, but I don't, I like the radio of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy that aspect. Like I know I could, you could probably just get a little more money and a little more, uh, growth. The thing I like about podcasting is like showing up in shorts and a tank top and sweaty and like just screaming bits into a mic and playing with the world of like knowing people are listening. Uh, and maybe also because I, I, I can scratch the people seeing me itch on, you know, in other forms of entertainment and live performance. That's so true. I was that's like, that's part the of bigger me. flex is you're on like things people watch versus things people listen to, but it's on YouTube. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diversified as hell, which it mean, just means I'm trying so hard in so many categories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing you bought online. Oh, shit. Funny. You should ask. I just did the per I just bought two pairs of Nike's right before we got on. Um yeah, I got a uh, I got Nike uh trail running shoes cuz I uh, I like use those for hiking and for the wood stuff even even though like I don't want to wear hiking boots because I like to wear sneakers, so I got Oh yeah. And Nike does so much fun shit with the colors of their uh, of their hiking shoes more than any of their did other. Did you do Nike gear. ID? No, no, okay, no, no. Just... They just uh, I frequently do Nike ID. I've like a different air uh free or fly knit uh Nike ID for like the last every year or two for the last 10 years. But I got I, I got some uh just a couple of pairs of I just needed some fresh kicks, if you will. Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. nothing special. I'm not like a sneakerhead. I just have like 
visually things I like. And I specifically am 39 coming into my own. I'm very comfort based. It needs to be like zero lift. You know, it needs to be like minimum lift, not super cushiony. And like, I'm stability shoes. You're you're wearing some Brooks, some Hoka's. Uh, Yeah. As a matter of fact, the thing I wear the most, and they're ugly as fuck, but I love them, are the uh, New Balance uh, Minimus that has like the Vibram bottom. Oh, yeah. They're pretty much look like rock climbing shoes, more or less. Uh, but they are the most comfortable. I've walked eight miles in, on concrete in them and not had a problem. Like I'm just that. I think it's just better for my knees, hips, and and waist to have like no padding in my shoes. Because I think if I when I pad when I wear my running shoes to not run in, and I like the ones I ran a half marathon in that are a little more cushioned. I like walked around in them yesterday for a few miles, and it like destroyed my knees, ankles, and calves because I just don't think my body's used to like that process so i i'm threading such a specific needle for my shoes as long story short is um i'm not a sneakerhead but i'm actively pursuing the uh the same thing and nike seems to do it the most it's gonna say i I think you just became a sneakerhead oh shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) just specifically for like weird minimalist uh like fucking x crossfit head shoes and stuff there you go there you go um (laughs) What is a movie, book, or film that when someone mentions it to you, you feel that they understand you? Big Trouble in Little China, <laughs> which is my house guest. Yes, John uh, Carpenter. Big Trouble in Little China. John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, fucking, yeah. <laughs> For the listeners, Jeremy's doing the, the sign that the uh, they point. do to each other. Yeah. Oh, I fucking, that's my favorite movie of all time. And it, Great soundtrack, one too, of those by the way. Killer soundtrack. I. Carpenter's soundtrack scores are arguably up there with each one of his movies. But Big Trouble in China is one of those movies that when I first saw it when I was like nine years old, it blew my mind away. And then I watched it again when I was 10. And then once or twice a year for 25 more years. And it never loses. Like a movie I've seen a hundred times that I loved when I was nine. Like I can't watch Hook again. (laughs) Like, like it does. Like, Wait, I like, like Hook, Rufio? but it doesn't. I'm, I love Rufio. Rufio. Lion crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. <laughs> bangerang Rufio, bangerang Rufio. <laughs> Substitute chemistry teacher. Uh, no, uh, lewd, crude bag of pre-chewed food. Oh dude. yeah, it's so good. Um, I I love Hook, but it doesn't have like. I'm never gonna like throw Hook on again. You know what I mean? Touché. But like, yeah. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'd be like, ooh, is that on? And if someone's like, I love the movie Hook, I'm like, yeah, everyone does. But if someone's like, I love the movie Big Trouble in Little China, which a lot of late 30s, early 40s men do, yep. I, I'm like, dude, I'm with you. It's one of my favorite movies. I got the Jack Burton tank top. I got the Pork Chop Express patch on one of my backpacks. I'm here. Oh, there you, I mean, that, that's, there you go. Like, the show is done. I mean, geez Louise. Uh, God, that movie, that movie holds up. I mean. It, it really does. And it's so fun. Yeah. It makes so little sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and. But people, and I'm not saying anything special or new here, but having your protagonist almost never know what's going on in the movie around him is rare. Like he's never, he's very confident, but he almost never knows what's, there's a great uh, YouTube video uh, of Jack Burton is confused or something like that. And it's just a super cut of him going, what? (laughs) Low pan? What's a low pan? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Gracie Law. Like he's so flabbergasted throughout that movie. It's such a funny idea to imagine <laughs> that his buddy is the lead and he's like the sidekick who's an idiot. Donald Lee. Yes. Yeah. That dude fucking rules. Yeah. Oh man, the amount of low pan impressions I used to do when I was a kid, which I no longer do, obviously. But like, he's the fucking. He's such an interesting character. He's like. Fu- Funny and scary at the same time. James Hong is that dude's name. Yeah. who's got like a mil a million credits. But that dude is so scary, so funny, and like it's weirdly sexual and weirdly creepy at times. It's such a such a rich fucking character. I love it so much. He's, I mean, he's a USC alum, still kicking. Ninety two years old, James Hong. God damn, and 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 honestly, if you looked at his IMDb, he probably was like shooting in his late eighties. Yeah, I mean, because the- homie is still like in things yeah. for sure. Yeah, so fucking crazy. Uh, damn. All right, 
Last question, save the best for last. What is the worst ad you've seen on Instagram? I feel like lately Instagram has turned into like QVC and it is just the worst fucking ads ever. Oh, for sure. That's a great question, by the way. That's a great question. You know what? I, I get so many things served to me that just look like they're cheap pieces of trash. Like it just is like, get this to help, uh, f- you know, customize your blank in a certain way. And the thing is always like junky looking plant, like the kind of shit that you would tell your in like the nineties, you'd be like, dad, I need this. And he'd be like, get the fuck out. I'm not buying you that garbage. <laughs> I get so much. I wish I could think of something specifically. Cause I really have pow- grown the power to like, I so passively use Instagram. Like I never comment or anything. I just like, look. So like the ads, I'm always just like, don't don't really register with. Well, me. it's linked. It's linked I, to whatever you're searching on YouTube. I guarantee you, you're gonna get. I get a lot of like camping adjacent yep. stuff, but it's always again like super. It's like this uh, this fire stick can light anything, and you like look at it, and you're like, that looks like I would fucking hurt myself trying to use it. Yeah. The the thing they get right is my. They kind of know my clothing style, and I get fed a Speedos. lot of great. I got I got fed Speedos, Gecko Hawaii, the Faherty brand, like a lot of seventies sort of beach southern SoCal kind of clothing, and then like the modern sort of beachy type stuff. And they're so right, but any company that isn't like something I instantly recognize, I'm like the few times I've been like, actually, this is the kind of Hawaiian shirt I was looking for. Like, ooh, these short shorts look per- Every time I bought them, they came and they were like made from fucking loose leaves or some <laughs> shit. It's never like, you know, and, and it's really make, it's really fucking making me disappointed in Instagram ads where I don't, I've, I've gotten like ripped off two times and I'm just like, I'm never buying shit from them. I like, it's like that Amazon thing where you're like, ah, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And then it comes and you're like, what? Oh yeah. Just like, oh, this is a, just a black piece of plastic. And I'm supposed to, oh man, this is garbage. Fuck. I felt, you know, they duped me. The, the new thing I've seen is companies that like they don't even care and they're just not even editing out the cameo watermark on their like celebrity endorsement brands. So like there's oh, one. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's like Lamar, you know, uh, of a of, of big baller brand. And he's on oh. there and he's like, I love using this Domino's game and you win real money. And it's like really bad. The ad read is horrible. And like this, I is think the that's ad. illegal in like forty ways: a to advertise gambling, yeah. <laughs> uh, b to use cameo for advertising. Like that's so funny that people. I mean, most people would sniff that out and be like, "I'm an actor. I'm talent. You can pay me." Oh, for sure. Money. And people like because cameo, you can hire people to do endorsements for you, and it's a special rate. And like you and the person agree on it because cameo has just been like, "Fuck it, we're just going to be brokers to people that were in," you know. Big Trouble Little China and like someone wants. <laughs> yeah, take a slice of all of that shit. Go good. Good on. Yeah. Them, as they should. <laughs> um, well, before we wrap, is there anything you want to add or mention or plug that I didn't ask or discuss? Um, I would just say if you're uh, a fan of uh, the Big Trouble Little China talk and you're a fan of classic action movies from the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s, I highly recommend my podcast Action Boys. It is a paid podcast. Oh, yeah, I pay for it. Oh, fuck yeah. Thank you, Come on, man. I've been paying for it for a long time. Hell yeah. That's wonderful (laughs) news. And you can, we have like eight or nine free episodes out that you can just search in whatever app you're listening to this in, or you can go to actionboys.biz and sign up. Uh, uh, And there, you know, watch this space, as they say. And that, I guess that space would be not your podcast, but at Gabrus on all social media. I got some stuff in the works. Hopefully we'll be able to make announcements soon. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, huge fan of Action Boys. Also, Hi and Mighty. The fuck? Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. And of course, Hi and Mighty, my yeah, come on. <laughs> main podcast. You know, it's just like, the, you know, you start, it's like a roommate at this point. Like, I've been with my wife for 20 years. I've been doing High and Mighty for five. It's like, you know, it's all, you know, that's just part of my life now. I truly always forget to promote High and Mighty. And every once in a while, someone's like, oh, I love that episode of High and Mighty. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. People are still listening. I just, I, to me, it's just my weekly chat with a, another person I who's who I want to hear from. The and healthcare then I episode just happened to be putting. It. Oh, mind blowing! Thank you, good. man. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate. I appreciate that. That was something I'm. I'm. I was proud of, and I think in this year I'll be doing more and more stuff where I uh, am 
expressing my point of view on uh, issues like that uh, because I'm starting to be fucking heartbroken by a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have many skills, but one of my skills is talking on microphones. So I'm going to try to harness that for his whatever that means. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to get mega rich doing it, but hopefully I'll make elicit some small amount of change in whatever mouth breathing listeners I have. Uh, I love you guys, you mouth breathers, <laughs> but please. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate how generous you've been with your time. I know you got a bajillion other things to do. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, Jeremy. This was a blast. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Mar Lal. The theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Do the deals. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. If you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. Just give us a call. The phone number is in the show notes, and we'll put it in a future episode. Or email us at info at blamopod.com. And if you want to hang, join the Blam Fam on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash blamo, where we have tons of extra episodes in our amazing Slack community. That's it for me. I'm exhausted. I was in New York all weekend. You'll hear that pod soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.